Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always, joined by my co-host, who remains off camera. Settle down, man. You're a little too excited. I'm right very now. fired up right now. Yeah, you're, you're I'm all... fired up because we have a jam-packed show tonight. Like, jam-packed. Well, that should make you tired. Not, well, no. Not ex- but okay, even better. We don't have to do any work. Oh. We have. Oh, no. See, you know, you didn't, you didn't sell it to me like that. It's true. Because even true. I would have been fired up. Yeah. I would have been like, ah! Yeah. We basically Walking around just, streamers and stuff. Yeah. We need to just sit here mm-hmm. and just allow. I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. I know. I okay. know. It's pretty exciting. You're going to ask me a question. I'm not going to answer you. No, we don't need to. I mean, we have. So for anybody who's joining us, we have special guest Barry Josephson, executive producer of The Tick. It's going to be on Amazon Video Prime. It's on Friday, so we get him right before it comes out. So yeah. this is like before the slings and arrows of the internet can hit him. Yes. So he's like probably really upbeat and happy and chipper. And right hipster now. talk. That's a good get. It's a, it's a great get. <laughs> right. Right. It's better than like you know. the week later <laughs> yes. when when they're like, yeah, the ticks ears, you know, or the the, the antenna weren't. Exactly yeah. five inches tall. One, one wasn't bent forward yes. like it does in the cartoon, <laughs> and therefore the entire therefore the, it fa- the entire yeah the entire experience was just useless yeah. to me. I, yeah. I feel like uh, you know he's like he's like a happy naive. There's a lot of compliment producer. sandwiches on on the internet. Like the internet is is the connoisseur of compliment sandwich, mm. and it's really not even a, it's a half sandwich. No, no, the, the it's in- a compliment like half wedge, right? Because it'll be like I really enjoy uh, Mike Dolce's work but and then everything after the but it's an entire see i feel like it's it's completely different right i feel like it's a checklist it's like a shitty chinese buffet is what that is (laughs) it's like you just get there and there's just tons of plates and half of them half of them are just just bad and then then you go to the owner and like hey this is really bad you know get out of my get out of my (laughs) you think that's that's the internet well okay the the internet internet itself is probably like that but everybody who all the commenters are the people who who eat there this is true (laughs) And <laughs> okay, and then and they're the ones who who do a lot of compliment wedges. Yeah, like yeah. this is uh, this this uh, tiramisu. While I appreciate would be good. the cleanliness of your establishment. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. food is, is it starts un- out with uneatable a, with an almost superlative, yeah. and then it just goes into crap. Yeah, you have the best decorations of any restaurant <laughs> yes. on the block. However, however, even though I eat here every night, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, next next week, I want to come back and vomit a little less than yeah. I vomited. To Night. Yeah. So, I mean, so we got Barry Josephson coming on in segment two. Segment three, we've got American Pies Thomas Ian Nicholas, who unfortunately is flying towards the world Chicago as we speak. He is literally on a He's plane. He's on the plane right now. Right now. I will be on a plane. How did you do that? I, I know. It's we... amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the mystery of, of <laughs> podcasting. Plus a very enormous cell phone bill he's going to be uh, <laughs> he's gonna be paying. It's not our problem. Uh, in segment three. But yeah, we don't so he pay, will be... right? We didn't make a deal to pay, right? No. Okay, good. We don't All even right. make... We don't make any money. We got money. scammed that one we time. We have no money. We are losing... Every every second we are on the air, yeah. we are losing yeah. money. <laughs> Just <laughs> we, remember that. We got scammed that one time when we tried to interview Trump. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That didn't even air. We didn't even air that. No. We didn't even air that. No. And it wasn't... He backcharged us. Well, it was just some guy on the street corner <laughs> yes, with a it Trump wasn't mask. Trump at all. Right. I was fooled. I'm there sorry. There was some fact checking that a, went into that. No more Guinness before the show. Yeah. Okay. Or just so one. That's just one. <laughs> so Thomas and Nicholas is going to join us like, in segment three. Mask. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, so sorry. just totally jam packed show. So uh, before we get into it, though, um, you know, again, we talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. 
877-480-4120 if you're listening to us um, live, if you're listening to us after the fact. Uh, well, that's good, too. We don't mind. I don't care how you listen to us. Just listen to us. Um, awesome Kickstarter announcement. Uh, the Sire doing really, really well right now. Yes, we, we well blew done. through our, our stretch goal. Uh, we have a super announcement that I'll be making tomorrow. I, I contributed and didn't get a thank you. Well, yes. You were guest 557 I was number 25, you according number to number 25, yeah. yeah. I was the 25th person, and I didn't get any appreciation. You are also going to be the cover artist... On the near Comic Con variant yeah, edition, variant. so uh, look for those announcements tomorrow. Yes. We're going to put up a new stretch goal. I didn't realize we'd get to the stretch goals this quickly, but it doesn't matter. We're going to announce both things. Real fast. You We're going to announce slow. both uh, everything. And I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm actually honored to uh, to be able to uh, contribute, and I'm uh, looking forward to collaborating on that level because collaborating here on the show sucks. Yeah, so hopefully I agree the with art that. Will be I do better. agree with that. I do agree and, with that. Uh, <laughs> that was the Chinese buffet you, <laughs> yes, you just dished yeah, out there. Exactly, that was pretty good. However. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but 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 before we get the tick guy on, before okay, yeah. we get uh, right, American we Pie guy on, here we go, here we go. I do have to give a little like kudos to myself for, oh, for being a prognosticator. Hit in the face! <laughs> what kind of nonsense is okay? That was let's my Chi- that was my Chinese buffet. Yeah, look, yeah. Um, let's, let's hear it. You know, we didn't even plan to do this. Last week, we were actually supposed to talk about Defenders, we right? Were. We were going to hype up Defenders and, and then this give our week predictions. we were supposed to talk about Defenders. Well, yeah, and then, the, yeah, and then we got jam-packed. Kind of the reaction to right, it. And then yeah, we got and then jam-packed. you jam-packed the episode. I know, so. I know, I know. And then we jam-packed. But, yeah, don't um, jam-pack. Last week, we were actually talking about <laughs> uh, Justice League being unwatchable, and, and it spun out into this whole Joss Whedon, you know, is he a fake feminist? Is he a good writer? Is mm. he any, you know, any, of, any and all these things? Uh-huh. And, uh, and it was really just, it was really bizarre, uh, because then his ex-wife actually posts a scathing ep- uh, essay, literally... Hell yeah. A few days later. Hell yeah. Claiming that uh Joss and I sent Whedon it to you like a petty like a petty no, child. No, 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 no. You you sent uh you sent the Casey Affleck story with Oh, also Yeah, that was from Christina. I yeah, that was sent you. Yeah, yeah. yeah Someone else is, sent that to me then. Uh, we are I got very my, my parties muddled. Yeah. So apparently uh for the rap, Kai Cole, who is a ho- talk show host on this station, which I thought I was know. very fascinating. She's completely hiding an entire double life and apparently yeah. she's also 20 years older than than, uh, than what, what she appears to be. Um, she's very young. <laughs> well, you this. just blew her up. And <laughs> just blew her spot no, up. I guess there. a different Kai Cole, uh, who uh-huh. recently divorced Whedon after 16 years of marriage, wrote that Whedon is a hypocrite preaching feminist ideals. Woo-hoo. Cole, a producer and actress herself, revealed that Whedon had both physical and emotional affairs. I love the emotional affairs part. That's, that's, that's awesome. I'm having an emotional affair with I you I have emotional week. affairs like, all the time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's this like, is, uh, I, didn't th- I didn't think that was an actual insult to other people, but I've, I'm a terrible. Well, you're not. Human you're being. not cheating on somebody. So I'm cheating on people. All the, if you can do that emotionally, I am cheating on. I'm cheating on you right now. This is because I'm thinking about someone else. You're thinking about uh, Peter, yeah, our, yes, our sometimes staff about, writer who happens yeah. to be here. Oh, hi, Peter. Hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, that's. I see. I see what your game is all about. Yeah, he's any, um, any port in a storm, man. Anyone who's close by. Whedon has been lauded by the public as a feminist ally since he created the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer in '97. Uh-huh. Since then, Whedon has used his platform to talk about feminism and the importance of men getting involved in the movement. Uh-huh. Uh, according to Nicole Whedon had his first affair during their first year of marriage while he was on the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Let uh-huh. me ask you a question. Though. Yep. Okay. I'll listen. Because I'm not going to get into the... I, I, what I don't want to do here 
I don't want to get into his personal life. You know, did he cheat? Did he not cheat? Yeah. Obviously, he did, apparently, which the lesson here is, you know, even after you're getting a divorce, don't say anything because it's just going to it's gonna blow up on the internet if yep. you do. So yes, yes, if you're Joss Whedon, you know. Then yeah, if we'll, you're... We'll if make you're that, that disclaimer. There's if you're stuff a, about me on the internet all over the place. Right, no cares. one cares right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Right now. Yeah, well... Just wait. Just wait. Five years from now, you're no going to be gonna like... No one's going to know who the Lord of the Radio is. <laughs> well, this is very true. His, his name Who's is Hassan Godwin. God. He lives yeah. on Gun Hill Road oh, in the Bronx. Oh! Oh! Uh, Stop it. Um, all right, so... So yeah, you're saying I don't want I don't want to get into like the he said she said because I do I want I want to well, uh, yeah. oh yeah you want the gossipy stuff yeah no but no I, no and the reason I'm not going to do that is way. there's right now she wrote an essay and it's completely her side she's hurt obviously mm-hmm. this, obviously this there's two surprise. ties to every story you know he um, has admitted to the cheating to her which again you know say what you will I mean that's that is what it is right let's get into the let's get into the crux of the argument though. Um, can someone's work be separate from their personal lives? And, and I think that, that is an overarching question, and, and we encourage everybody who's on our, our Facebook feed right now, chime in. You know, can, do you have to like the person? Do you, does say, the person asking, has to be a good person behind the scenes to enjoy his work? You're asking if someone can have a prevailing ideology, mm-hmm. even if they don't live the lifestyle of that ideology. Right, even if they don't live up to it, answer, in, in a creative field. The answer to that... Sadly, yeah, is yes, they can believe in one way and act a completely different way. Yes, which sort of exonerates him. But it doesn't necessarily mean that just because he was a womanizer doesn't right. mean he wasn't a feminist. Right, right. Or he might be, um, he might have a warped sensibility of what feminism sure. is, and said, "Well, I love women, so obviously I'm a feminist." <laughs> He's taking the uh, Wonder Woman creator Marston approach. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I-, I love women so much, I'm marrying two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing about it is that, like his work, which is which is what my main complaint was. Sure, his work doesn't display um, the kind of idealized feminism. Yeah. That supposedly he's get he gets credit for. Well, let me before we I get know, into that discussion, let me ask you ahead. a different question then, because this is the other question that I had. And I'm going I'm to say question as many times as humanly possible before I actually ask ask it. Yeah, I know. Um, I started blocking you out. Do you feel that he has gotten his acclaim because of said ideology? In which case, then I say, you know what? There's something wrong there. It, it, Hear me out. When when a guy when when if somebody uh, not a guy if a creator comes forward and says I'm creating this because I believe so strongly in something, and people latch onto it not necessarily because it's the best thing they've ever read, seen, heard, or whatever, but they're behind the message so much that now all of a sudden the work itself gets raised to a level. That it, it, it might not have been had it been about a different topic. You know what I mean? Like had it been about something else. And do we feel that he kind of latched onto the feminism to, to kind of catapult his career? You In which what? case, I, the double life does I don't know. pose a problem. I know for a fact. He got famous because Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? He mm-hmm. did a movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It didn't <clears throat> go exactly sure. over it too well. He, he claims, um, which, which having seen the movie, I can kind of agree with. Sure. It didn't come out to his specifications. They did a TV show about it. I remember I was working at a clean comics at a time, and I was like, they're sure. going to do a TV show of yeah, that terrible I know, movie. I know. I thought the same right? thing. So the movie I remember... The place I was, I was literally driving. I could picture, I could paint a picture of exactly where I was when I heard it on the radio. Really? Buffy the Vamp. I was like, what? Yeah. Continue. I, I, but, but so 
the show comes out and the show's kind of a hit. Yeah. The show's a hit. Even I like it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that's how far back that was. Yeah. Because I, I, I smiled a couple of times. Um, and I think the show became a hit before anybody knew who Joss Whedon was, sure, who the creator exactly, was. Right. Especially that was back in the day before like the, the, the overblown internet, yes. where we only knew the product. We didn't really know the creators. The sure. creators were like these phantom people right. that, that lurked behind right. whatever product we were enjoying. Um, so I would say he had to have gotten famous off of Buffy before we knew who he was, uh, what he was and mm-hmm. whatever his ideology sure. was. So I don't think that his his self-professed feminism is what propelled him to stardom mm-hmm. because it at that time in the 90s it had to be the work yeah. that got you there. Yeah. So that we cannot um we cannot claim so that he is famous it, right. because he was he claimed he was a, f- a feminist. It was actually his right. work that got him right. where he was. Where you know whose other work was really really exciting was Bed Endlin. I'm going to butcher his name as well, too, which I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got, we've got a great guest, and he's coming up next. Barry Josephson from The Tick It's going to be on next. We're going we're gonna to dive into this, um, but we'll leave you with this before we go to commercial. We are predictors of the future. We argue Joss Whedon before Joss Whedon even became a big thing. You yeah. Know? That's it. And you were wrong. I was absolutely correct. When also we come the back, rock. <laughs> The Tick. Next week, there's going to be an article about how the prequels rock. Oh, Thomasy and Nichols. Winning. We go into that as Winning. well when we come back. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. to connect with. Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Follow Me Friday Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your your digital digital connectors. connectors. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. We uh, talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, all the stuff that you love, and we do it right stuff here. Stuff that makes the girls run away. Oh, well, clearly. <laughs> no, no, no. no. This, that is completely stuff false. Stuff that makes the girls That leave. is completely, completely false. I recommended false. Secrets of the Sire on my show, and I got less uh, female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the ah, Sire. We That's talk nice. comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We do it on talkradio.nyc. We also stream it live, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. Um, as always, your host, Mike Dolce, with Hassan Godwin. Yeah. And I got to tell you right now, who is the Lord of the Rings? I was supposed to get some water during the break, and I didn't. No, that was I a just that was sat a, here was like a, a lazy jerk. It was a poor move on your part. Yes, it was. It was a poor yes, move. And I'm paying for it. 
paying for it right now. So I got to tell you right now, when we got news we were getting this guest, I was like super, super excited. And I'm still super, yeah. super excited. I was excited. like, dude, calm down. Like, I know. We're I in know. a restaurant. But, you know, it's it just, this is the fun part about doing a show like this, though, is that we get to talk to people involved in, in characters we love, comics we love. And so, without further ado, I don't, I don't think there's a better... There's no compliment sandwich coming there. That's just a total compliment. No, I want to no, welcome... Uh, there's bat. no but. There's so no but. Fine. There is no but. We are big Tick fans, and we're really excited. Uh, Mr. Barry Josephson, executive producer of The Tick, coming to Amazon Prime Video this Friday. Welcome to the show. Hello, gentlemen. I'm so excited. I was just listening to your previous segment. So good. Well, excellent. <laughs> thank excellent. you. Wow. Did you guys just... ever read the graphic novel of Men in Black? I have read the first issue. Cause when, so we are actually, Hassan and I go back to when Wizard Magazine was still around, right? So right. Yeah, we, had, we had the library of, yes. of books that you could get. And, you know, when Men in Black was a big movie, they actually they had the copy the of Sears, issue Bart Sears, right? He did the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bart Sears yeah, did it. I, I developed that as a studio executive and made that movie. Um, Lowell Cunningham. I just talked to him like about a month ago. Um, <clears throat> such a good guy. And so, you know, I was, I'm such a comic book geek myself, which is how, you know, I wound up, you know, in business with Ben Endland, which is the greatest thing that ever happened. So I just love his work so much. And The Tick is like a privilege to work on because such a unique voice. Oh, it's a privilege to talk about it. And uh, I don't know, uh, did you steal my show outline? Because th- that segues right into my first question. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, this is, know. no, no, no. We love segue. We're yes. big segue fans. Yeah, we're, we're uh, we like anything that takes the work the away from us. Anything we don't have to do work. <laughs> yes. We like. So we like, we, and, and we're fans of smooth <laughs> transitions. Know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you sit Ben Edlund down, you tell him it's time for a new Tick series. How does that go over? And how do you convince that him was, to, to bring it back? Uh, honestly, that was probably the one good thing I did. It was literally the thing that I did. I actually took Ben to coffee in L.A. and said, look, I think it's time to do this. We really should. Um, the Marvel Universe has expanded so well, um, so great. And there's there's humor there in the films. And, uh, you know, I love Iron Man, and I really love Guardians of the Galaxy, and Deadpool was a clincher. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't seen Deadpool yet. It hadn't come out yet, but... You know, I'd gone to Ben like in 2013 and said, I think you really, you know, you're the you're the great voice that's, you know, <clears throat> undiscovered now on television. And so I sort of begged him to do it. At first he said no, because <laughs> uh, he couldn't quite, you know, get his arms around live action. But then I thought, you know, and I, I sort of presented to him the, the films that were out there. And I think he finally came around to realizing, you know what, we could do this. Um, and I, I, the only thing I sort of said to him was, look, I'm going to support you being the showrunner. You have to be the center of this universe. Mm-hmm. And that's how we'll do it better and differently than we did in the past. And he's evolved so much, you know, as a writer for television that, and honestly, it really was time. Like, everything came together um, at the right time. Because Ben's now written on a lot of television shows. And I think, you know, again, timing was perfect. Is that how you guys kind of hooked up originally? Is it just being in the same like writer circles? And, and I know a lot of uh, TV producers and TV writers tend to, you know, I, I'm a bit, I, I'm a big like behind the scenes geek. I'm always like, oh, that's the producer, sure. that's the guy. He was on Buffy, and oh, that was the producer. Oh, and my wife is always like, just just watch the show. <laughs> um, but you know, so did you guys did you guys connect that way? And and 
one yeah. other question that you, you kind of said was, uh, do you think that the previous incarnation of Tick, you know, they weren't listening to him, or do you think that it was, you know, w- what happened with the previous incarnation the that, that you pre- think you can well, do? Well, first of all, I'm, not, I'm a non-writer, so my gift is to find great talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, on other TV series I've done, whether it was Bones or Turn, Washington Spies, it's all about for me finding that really great voice and yeah. films that I've worked on the mm-hmm. same thing so you know Ben to me is a great unique voice and yeah. you know that's why I went back to him the original show that we did for Fox no he he had not evolved yet as you know mm-hmm. uh, a top television writer he had done you know, he had created the comic, he had created the animated show, but he had not yet written for scripted television. So, you know, the process became sort of overwhelming. He was not the showrunner. Yeah. There were many writers in the mix. There was a filmmaker, Barry Sonnefeld, also yep. in the mix. Yep. And so th- it was sort of one of the situations where there are too many voices and a network, too, that didn't quite know what the show was. Sure. So I don't think we ever put our right foot forward. Okay. It certainly wasn't Ben's foot that walked forward. So we, you know, now in this incarnation, Ben is the showrunner. He chose the other writers to work with. Okay. He found a great partner in David Fury, who'd written on Buffy and Angel, um, and he had worked, you know, they'd worked together on another show. So this sort of felt like the right formula, and then the show that we produced, I think we're all really proud of, and this is truly sort of Ben's version of the show. We've all just been there to support this version of the show. Very cool. And you actually mentioned, uh, again, a wonderful segue. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is uncanny. It's like it's like you're reading over my shoulder. Um, <laughs> D- David Fury, he's one of my favorites. I mean, he was, I mean, big with Buffy, obviously. His work on, he was on 24. I mean, he's a, yep. he's a real winner when it comes to uh, scripted, you know, television uh, in, this, in this genre of action, fantasy, superhero, whatever you want to call it. Um, um, did Ben recruit? Did you recruit fans of the Tick? Like, how how did you guys get your your writers together and your producers together? Well, it really was a matter of Ben and David getting together, deciding what the show was, and, and you know everybody they hired, Jose Molina, Susan Hurwitz, you know they were all writers that you know Mark Gannick, you know a staff that were fans of the Tick you know, fans of Ben's work and, you know, writers that we read and thought could write the show. It's Again, you know, when you work for a showrunner like a Joss Whedon or Judd Avatow or, you know, a a showrunner where you're working, you know, and you're sort of trying to execute that person's specific voice, that's not the easiest task in the world to do. And so, you know, uh, we had to find people who could execute you know, scripts and, you know, that were, you know, sort of according to what, what Ben does best. Sure. And I think we, we did that. We put together a really solid staff and, you know, it was a, it, Amazon ordered 12 episodes of the show, after, mm-hmm. you know, 11 after the pilot. That was their sort of biggest order, I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. So we had to really go for it. Um, and we started shooting in March and we just finished in July. Um, and the first six shows debut on August 25th. It's just, it's been a whirlwind, but a lot of work in a very short amount of time. 
So uh, I can hear my wife in the background telling me to stop asking about producers. Talk about the show. Well, Give me the world of yes. the story. She's not actually here, but I can, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you're married, but you can, you can hear your, your significant I am. other. I am. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear your significant other in the back of your head. Yeah, ask about the show. Ask about the show. Give us the world of the story. Uh, how, is it, how does it compare to the cartoon and the previous incarnation? Are we, you know, obviously we have Tick. We have some of the familiar faces. We have Tick. We have Arthur. Yeah. We have Dot. It, um, yeah, go into that. I'd love to. I'd love to know where we're getting in on this. The Tick and Arthur are front and center, um, as they have been in pre- previous incarnations. But this version is a more grounded version, mm-hmm. and it's also a more grounded version of two specific things. You know, it is Arthur and his journey, mm-hmm. um, very much front and center, and the Tick, and 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 who is the Tick? You know, who is this creature, the Tick? The show in its first six episodes really focuses on that, you know, yeah. uh, and then there is, uh, there are many, you know, known characters before, mm-hmm. you know, Arthur's sister Dot, yep. but then there's new characters that, you know, Ben created and Ben and David created for this version. Okay. Um, Overkill. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Terror is back. Yeah. Um, played by Jackie Earl Haley and fabulous. I mean, the, I think it's just the best incarnation of the terror. Sure. Miss Lint yeah. um, <laughs> is a wonderful character uh, played by Yara Matinas, mm-hmm. and she she's just fabulous. And so there's a lot of new characters, lots of new invention um, in this version of the show that Ben just, you know, spent a good part of six weeks prior to us, you know, prior to anybody putting pen to paper, just mapping out, you know, who these characters would be and how they would function in the new series. It, it, it really is a very different version of the tick. Um, but for people who are fans, sure. you know, it's interesting when we went to Comic-Con, you know, it was so interesting. People really loved, you know, what they saw and they liked the new character. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, so it felt like we done the right thing and I think casting wise too we were really blessed well, I was going to say Jackie Earl Haley that's a great I mean I, I was I, I, when I when I made the connection I was like wow what a great choice um, how has his presence on set been uh, so far in terms of just you know in terms of his role well, and, a, and, and everything he's a total pro he's really great at what he does and a really unique thing too is you know Ben Ben's a really interesting guy like he'll sort of say Here's who I really want, you know, and he, he sort of laughed. He said, Jackie Earl Haley, ha, <laughs> we'll never get him. <laughs> and when we called Jackie Earl Haley, it turned out he was a fan of the show and, wow. and got his first choice. Wow. Um, Peter, Peter Serafinowicz, who's... I'm glad you brilliant. said the name. I, I'm gonna bu- I would butcher that name, so I'm glad yeah. you said it. So am I. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm saying it the best that I can. But he, <laughs> He's joined us, and he's awesome because he just, his comedic presence is amazing. His work, you know, if you look on his website, the kind of invention that he does, you know, the different characters he creates and makes up. And, you know, we realized in in Peter we had a new creative partner, not just the guy that we thought could play the tick very differently, but, you know, somebody who is tall and, a booming voice, and yet there was a lot of nuance to sure. his performance. Um, and, you know, Griffin Newman also was just, the, I think, the best version of Arthur. Um, he was such a fan of the tick, he couldn't even believe that this was happening to him. <laughs> I still think he can't believe it. Oh, man. 
That's awesome. Uh, one more question, and then we're going to do a little fun game. Uh, why no Deflator Mouse and American Made? Uh, Hassan and I were both talking about the cartoon show. We were big fans of the cartoon show, and they were they were really central characters. Uh, any particular reason to kind of omit them in this version? Yeah, I think, you know, um, Ben has a relationship with New England Comics where some of these things are things that he controls, some of the things they do. And I think he's trying to parse them out. He's trying to, you know, really... Um, like, for example, with the terror, give the audience something that they maybe knew of before and in time will roll out some of those other characters. Like when we go to Comic-Con, you know, we have heard about American Made, we've heard about Chairface Chippendale. So potentially in seasons to come, he will, you know, listen to the audience and I think do his best to pay proper homage to those characters. Okay, very cool. All right, we're going to play a little fun little segment. It's called, it's called Fill in the Blank. You ready? Yeah. All right. Boy, it, I'm going to fail. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are good. We're, we're, we're going to stay away from trivia. Well, and just I, I'm out at dinner. I had two glasses of wine. This could be a disaster. <laughs> Go! Well, actually, we have, uh, in previous shows, if you listen, we've determined that two is the limit. Yes. Anything over two, yeah, you're, you're in I trouble. So, just one today. Yeah, I think you'll be in good. Well, yeah, we definitely drink before the show. Yeah. I mean, kind of have to. All right. If Jackie Earl Haley were to get into a fight with Brendan Hines... In real life, the winner would be? <laughs> I think it's going to be Brendan Hines. Oh. He's younger and a little bit more virile. <laughs> All right, wow. give it to the young guy. In the series, though, I don't know. The terror is pretty formidable. There you go. I like it. I like it. If you could cast Ben Affleck in any cameo on the show, he would be? <laughs> Batman, well, with uh, maybe, you know, you have to bone up on his Spanish. <laughs> if the tick was your drinking buddy, he would order what? Okay, if tick were my drinking buddy, who would order? He would order what? Would what? Order for him? What would he order? Oh, okay. Oh boy, I think that I would try to order a stiff drink for the tick because I'd want to <laughs> see what happened to the antenna. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for a straight bourbon. Or, you know, maybe an Oban whiskey and just see what happened to the antenna. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I like this. I like this. All right, we're going to get political. It's going to be very dicey. In the 2016 presidential election, Arthur voted for... Huh. <laughs> um, Arthur voted for... I would think Hillary Clinton. Okay. Sure. Jill Stein. Yes. <laughs> we, we all... We, we, we made a bet. We thought it was Jill Stein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. This is a very easy question for you. Go. I don't need a fork. I don't need a knife. I need a... <laughs> Barry, thank you so much for joining that was a us. Layup, guys. That was yeah, a layup. Well, we always try to end on a high note. That's what it always comes. Right. We, we were in a band for years together, and we had a, a, a guitar player, and he always used to say, "It doesn't matter what you do during the show, just don't mess up the last song." Awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You've been a great look guest. Look forward to the show, August twenty fifth. August twenty fifth, the tick. That was Barry Josephson. Uh, just great guest Fantastic. in general. And we have another great guest coming up next. We have Thomas Ian Nichols. We don't have to do anything today. Yeah, I'm asleep. When we come back. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. So we got Spider-Man Homecoming. It's a big deal now, isn't it, Spider-Man? Opening weekend doesn't count. Let's see what the drop-off is from week to week. Um, Part of what I said was right, though. I will acknowledge that. I didn't disagree with that. I didn't disagree that everyone would be... You disagreed with pretty much everything I said last week. But that's what makes a good show. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Do you know I actually almost started singing the lyrics to that song? <laughs> I was right. Oh, it's time. Hey, I have no, to, oh, we're, no, we're doing I a show. Don't do, oh, wait, no. Yeah, no, I'm, li- I'm living a past life 10 years ago. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Get back on the clock. Uh, gotta, I got to thank our guest once again, Barry Josephson. That was fantastic. tremendous. Was fantastic. And his credentials. I didn't get to ask him the Space Jam question. Yeah, I wanted to ask him some questions about Turn, oh. which I really... I, We're gonna have they, to and have that, back They just on the had show. their last season, so you know, I just wanted to, you know, um, yeah. yeah, we'll have to. We're gonna have him back on the show. Send him some. Uh, definitely, we'll send him like we'll a, send gift him a box basket. of chocolates. Yeah, gift basket. <laughs> gift baskets are always good. Yeah. All right, well, geek basket. The, you know, it's so funny. Last week we had no guest, and it was just us kind of freeforming and freestyling. Yep. This week we have two guests, and they're both like really huge, which makes us feel very proud uh, that we are doing something right, right. Um, yeah. you can't argue. You can't I argue. had a joke, but then I didn't. <laughs> but then, but then you realize, like you know, it's it's better off to just like let the guest. It would have been a bad talking. joke, so I just let it go. <laughs> so Thomas Ian Nicholas, you know him from American Pie. Yes. You know him from Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's actually produced a whole bunch of horror films as well, too. He's uh, he's done. He's been a little just, busy. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a great guest. He is en route to Wizard World Chicago, where I will be as well, too. So anybody who wants to find me on the show floor, I'll be wandering I Thursday and Friday. I will be home. And, uh, well, Wizard World <laughs> Chicago was always our favorite yes, it show was. back in the day. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, so we actually recorded this uh, interview with him yesterday. So that, you know, just I, I pulled the curtain over that. Um, but really, just great interview. And, and, and here we go. Let's, let's, let's run it. All right, are you there? I'm here. All right, terrific. So, hey, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, having you on the on the podcast on the show, and um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, definitely a fan of work. It's exciting to see this. 
Uh, let's start with she'll be at Wizard World Chicago uh, all weekend long. It'll be there from Thursday to Saturday. Uh, sorry, Thursday to Sunday uh, this coming weekend. Um, you know, you've kind of actually done uh, a couple of Wizard shows. You know, how did you kind of get into the Comic Con tour, and what is what's been your experience so far? Uh, well, yeah, I, I am sort of on a, a, a Wizard World tour, um, and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I got involved initially because um, I have a new film project that uh, I'll be shooting later this year called Handbook for Mortals. And so we partnered up, I mean, like a loose sort of partnership with them to do exclusive pre-sales of the book version of the movie, which actually just came out last week, August 15th. Um, and so we, you know, kind of started in Philly and went to Sacramento and Columbus and yeah, obviously next up we have Chicago and we've got about 12 more this year in various parts of the country. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a great experience. I've, I started doing like my first Comic-Cons back in 2012, right around the time that American Reunion came out. Um, and it, it, it wasn't necessarily what I expected it to be. So I had a great time with it. It was an opportunity to meet people that had enjoyed my work and kind of meet them where they live as opposed to, you know, I could imagine being that I still get starstruck. That you sure. probably think like, if you live, you know, in, uh, I guess, Columbus, Ohio, like, oh, I'm never going to be out in L.A. and, like, you know, see a person that I've, I've enjoyed their work. So yeah. that opportunity, and it's, it's really cool. It's, it's a cool moment to be face-to-face with or someone that likes what you did, you know? Cool, yeah, absolutely. Have you had any uh, crazy fan encounters? I mean, I'm, you know, no, no crazier than I have, um, you know, in my in my normal life, and no crazier than anyone really has. I mean, you know, let's face it, the world is filled with every type of person, and we have all met every type of person. It's the same way that sure. people relate to all the characters of American Pie. You know, they, they went to high school with a person that was like each of those people. Sure. And I'm sure you've had your fair share of experiences with crazy people as I have. Absolutely. Our Absolutely. jobs have, you know, very little to do with the uh, fantasy of the world. <laughs> That's a very good, good way to put it. Um, what is What has been, uh, is there any costume that has struck you because that's the big thing uh, at the shows now. The cosplay has really taken off in the last five years or so, and I mean, the costumes went from you know your, your typical Spider-Man to uh, you know to just intricately designed costumes. And was there anything that you can recall that kind of blew you away costume-wise? Uh, I mean, I, I've been a Star Wars um, fan uh, since before it was cool to be a Star Wars fan, um, and so. You know, I mean, this is like back in the day. Like, I've I've been a Star Wars fan before. I did even episodes one, two, three, and then lost a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah. So, uh, I'm always excited to see anything Star Wars related, and I've seen some amazing, like, C3PO's and Chewbacca's and R2D2 builds and all that stuff. Um, In regards to other things, probably the funniest one that I saw is I never anticipated that anyone would turn any of my films into cosplay. Sure. American Pie and Rookie of the Year. Well, I kind of turned Rookie of the Year into cosplay because I always bring a Rowan Gardner jersey and a Cubs hat. And so I can kind of like go into my Henry Rowan Gardner cosplay mode. But I've never seen an American Pie one. 
So I was at a con a while back, and these two kids, who must have been only like 15, showed up dressed <laughs> in like Jason Biggs sort of uh, clothes, mm, and they had okay. some um, pie tins appropriately placed, if you will. <laughs> uh, I've got little ears listening. My uh, my yeah, 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 no, no, feet no, away from me, and, and my dog's right here. So, yeah, trying to uh, explain that one in a PG way. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said, enough said. So I got a million questions out of that one comment, though. My co-host is a prequel supporter. Love the prequels. I, I am a... Um, I cannot argue movies in my opinion. What is your take? Where do you fall on the prequels? Um, you know, spectrum in terms of the Star Wars universe. You know, that's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, we all know we're fans of... Uh, of the original, you know, I'll put it to you this way. When I showed my son Star Wars, yeah. I showed him the first Star Wars first. Episode four. Okay. Which is the first Star Wars and will always be the first Star Wars. Okay. Um, and that actually helps me because I'm, 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 we actually had this conversation. You know, who do you show it? You know, do you show it in the one, two, and three, four, five, six order? But I'm leaning towards doing exactly what you did. Yeah, I also do the same thing I did. I mean, I did it officially show him, you know, one, two, and three just because um, sure. I get the time. Because <laughs> I was watching a lot of, you know, major, like, kids' films, and they all had, like, girl leads. Yeah. And I kind of, like, the only reason I ended up kind of bending and dipping into those was because you have Anakin, you know, as sort of the kid hero. Um, as a little boy, so that was sort of like the, the straw that broke the camel's back to me after like mm-hmm. the craze of uh, Frozen, you know. Like, watching my son sing like, no, I was like, why? I'm going to show you episode one. Talk <laughs> <laughs> um, about the books that you guys, that you, you mentioned, uh, you, kind of, you kind of briefly mentioned before, but the, the books that are being turned into films now, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, a little bit more about that. Sure, yeah. Um, the project is called Handbook for Mortals. So uh, the idea is it's, it's going, this is book one of the series that just came out last week, and um, and then we'll be taking film one later this year, and then I'll you know, there'll be more books and more films. Uh, the story is uh, about a young woman who moved to Vegas to join a magic show, it turns out she could do real magic. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, you like a magic show, like like a David Copperfield type of show. Sure. Uh, but then no one really knows that, you know, She's capable of, of, of real magic. They just think she's a, a good illusionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there are also a, a number of other uh, projects that I've, that I've been producing recently that are coming out soon as well. Um, okay. One of them is The Lost Tree, which gets released into theaters, select theaters, on Friday the 13th uh, in October. Cool. Um, with Michael Madsen and Lacey Chabert. So I produced and started that one as a drama thriller with a team of horror. And then um, another one called Living Among Us, which is a um, straight-up horror vampire uh, film. It's, uh, unfortunately, John Hurt's last movie. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. And uh, it also stars William Sather. And then, you know, I produced it, and so I'm into it as well, in both of those. So that Whoa. comes out in January. Well, he, I, this, I mean, a couple things from that. I mean, you, you, you were in Hollywood, uh, Halloween Resurrection in 2009. 
Um, is this kind of you know, along that line? Are you a fan? Is you drawn to that kind of work? Um, you know, I I, uh, I was excited to take part of the you know the, what I would consider one of the original sort of sort of franchises, uh, the Halloween franchise. Um, I think it's one of those things where I have a one I have two, right now I have two production companies. So one production company sort of focuses solely on those genre specific things. Uh -huh. Business partner there. He definitely grew up on that world and is more of a super fan of that. Um, I definitely think it. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, my party is drama, but I love the dramatic aspects that exist in that, uh, which is kind of a, like a surprise, I think, for me, considering that I'm known more for comedy. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. It seemed like a great way, because there's some dramatic work as well. But it seemed like a great way to introduce the dramatic side of my possibility. Okay. Very cool, very cool. So going back into your filmography a little bit, you mentioned Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, I know you you, you kinda kinda were tied into the Chicago Cubs run last year. Uh, you know, how does it feel to to have played the iconic, you know, character and, and to actually see the Cubs finally win it? It was amazing to uh, I won game four of the World Series. Um, and, uh, watch us lose. And of course, you know, back from behind. Um, and then, you know, it was an amazing, like, moment when the Cubs, like, almost like a movie moment, when it all happened. Sure. Right in the mm -hmm. ninth, yeah. or decided extra innings, and, you know, rain delay, and, like, it just, it couldn't have stretched it out any farther. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it was only that 20 minute race, but just, just, even a rain delay, just enough for dramatic pause. Um, I actually heard a rumor, which I haven't officially verified, but Anthony Rizzo, uh, of course, the cap in the series, uh, supposedly made it a rule in the locker room that when the Cubs were down in the series, the only movie they were allowed to watch in the locker room was Rookie of the Year. That's awesome. Because obviously, you know, you want a positive vibe that in Rookie of the Year we win the World Series. Um, and I just was actually out there last week going out the first pitch for the uh, the Cubs um, and singing the seventh inning stretch, which I've been doing every year since 2008. So the Cubs have a, a really special place in my heart. You know, my wife is from Chicago. I don't think she would marry me if I wasn't a Cubs fan. Because um, she is a North Sider, so. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so what does it mean going to do with the world Chicago? Like, I mean, that's got to be almost a second home to you in a way, right? Uh, I mean, Chicago is for sure. I tour there once or twice a year, sometimes three times a year with my band, and I you know, spent plenty of holidays there with uh, my wife's side of the family. Um, in fact, for Wizard World, uh, my son's been really excited about coming to a Wizard World with me because he keeps seeing all these pictures of all the costumes sure. and everything. Uh -huh. And so uh, I'm actually bringing my family with me this time so that they can come to the Comic-Con, to the Comic-Con, and then also go visit family. Um, but I haven't done Comic-Con in Chicago, so I'm really excited. Oh, okay. the world, Chicago Comic-Con is going to be my first Chicago Comic-Con. Can I say Comic-Con one more time in that sentence? Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funny thing is, the Wizard World, so my, my co-host and I, we both actually worked at Wizard at one point um, in, the, in the 2000s, so Wizard World Chicago was, was always our favorite show, and it was what was great about it, it was all the talent. Kind of gather in the bars, and and they're really everything was very, you know, 
centralized. I mean, because you had to take a trade to get into the city, so a lot of the comic creators and the, and the talent themselves, you know, would all just kind of say, ah, you know, we just did a convention, let's just hang out at the hotel bar. And it provides some of the best memories. So it's still one of my favorite shows uh, to even go to, just even just for the nostalgic factor. So I, I, think, I think you're going to have a really great time when you go there. And I think um, the fans have always been... I'm a writer and an artist, and I, and I do my own comic book. And the fans, I mean, they've been with me since 2006. I think you're going to get a really great experience when uh, when you go there. I really do. Oh, that's, uh, that sounds really cool. I mean, yeah, that's kind of been sort of the fun part for me, too, on the, on the side now, outside of getting to, you know, meet fans of uh, people that enjoy my work. Um, is also like, yeah, the hangs uh, with some of my other, you know, Actors and castmates, and you know, sometimes I run into people that I work with, like John Heater. He's actually coming to Chicago, but we've done like you know, three or four of these things together now, and we were together in Walt before making playing. Uh, Walt, I was Walt, which is Roy, Disney. Oh, cool, okay. So he's awesome. not just Napoleon Dynamite, but he's also Roy. <laughs> Well, I actually like Blade of Glory. Uh, Glory. That was, that's actually one of my personal favorites uh, when he was in that one. I thought that was really great. All right, so last question, and then uh, I know you got some streaming kids, and I can sympathize. So, um, what superhero would you want to play? If you could play in a Marvel movie, if you could cast in a Marvel movie right now, what would you like to know? Who would you like to play? It could be anybody who could be taken or not taken, though, if you could. You know, if you, could, if you can pick someone that's not taken, who knows? Maybe we can get you a role on, on, a, on a Marvel video uh, film. Well, now that, you know, um, Hugh Jackman plays uh, Logan in Logan, yeah. does that technically mean he's out? Because they showed him, and like, he's finished. So I think he should, yeah. should overtake, you know, Wolverine. I, think. <laughs> I, can, get, I, can, get, I can get Hugh Jackman, you know, ripped and... Uh, and then, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm only, I, I'm, I'm a bit younger, so I've got, you know, like 20 years of playing Wolverine ahead of me. There you go. There you go. And, and finally, if you, you did have a superpower, what would you choose? I mean, I, again, I've got to say that, like, you know, well, I mean, flying's cool and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, That's always my thing. That's always my thing. I mean, flying's cool, but you got like, in order to fly properly or, like, run fast, you got to withstand it. So I'm pretty sure, like, Wolverine is this kind of, like, top choice, like, you know, heal, like, you can self-heal. Like, that seems to me. I mean, granted, you know, Superman's invincible, so, you know, I don't know. This is true. This is true. This is true. This is true. We're very specific about the power. Just pick the power. Because, you know, I would say, like, I would say, I would, who wouldn't be Superman? He's got eight powers, though, you know? Right, but you got to right, pick just one. What do you think? Um, I mean, considering that uh, I've got two kids, uh, self-healing sounds pretty good. About <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <Yeah. laughs> I've got the hurting. I'd be a happy man myself. Okay, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, you know, Secrets of the Sire, we, uh, we go live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc, and we stream live on uh, facebook.com. Flash Secrets of the Fire. So I hope you check out the show. And I will be at Wizard World Chicago, so I'll make sure to come by to your booth and uh, I will say hi as well. Yeah, please do. We're going to have uh, copies of Handbook for Mortals on hand. And I've got the author of the book with me, so people can pick up uh, a awesome. which will be a signed copy. Which, obviously, you know, you can't get that at Barnes and Noble, but you can get it at World. Excellent. All right, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, we will talk again soon.
That was Thomas Ian Nicholas. This is Secrets of the Sire. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hello, this is Mark Torres. And Pronto Comic Zone, Dominic Sperano. And listen to our show, It Came From The Radio, right here on talkradio.nyc. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk about entertainment, movies, comic books, and other news. So make sure you check us out. That's right here, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Wednesday, talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com That might have been the best thing you've ever said, period. <laughs> like on the show. I mean, we're not even talking about like, like your opinions, they're okay. Uh, Segway, boom. Yeah. That's where the money's made, my man. You know what? Now I'm going to end every sentence with boom. Boom. That's what I do. Exactly. Boom. 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 All right. That's enough. That's old already. This show doesn't work when we agree. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I, I got to, again, thank both of our, our stellar guests tonight. We, uh, we really amped it up. Now we've actually set a precedent, though, uh, yeah, where we, we actually guests. have to have like, really good guests. It's like a, it's like a bad uh, oh, uh, Batman sequel where like, they have to keep doubling up the villains. Yeah, every, every right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is kind of cool, though. We just kind of sit there, and, uh, and we don't really do anything. It's yeah, good, yeah so. it's kind of cool, but right. then I'm going to be like, why do I need to come down there? This is very true, actually. <laughs> I need to true. be in the studio. Well, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks, bringing you the most fantastical pop culture news out there. Don't don't dub over it. It's terrible. Uh, in the oops, I was only kidding category. Casey Affleck. Yeah. Was only kidding according to page6.com. Uh, last week we talked about it. Casey Affleck went on to WEEI's Dale and Holly with Keith, which again doesn't sound real. Radio show on Tuesday before saying he was great. About his brother Ben, he's a hero, so he had something to channel and work with there, but he's not going to do that movie, The Batman, I don't think. Sorry to say, when the hosts appeared shocked, a wide-eyed Casey quickly added, is that breaking news? I was just kind of making that up. (laughs) The internet did not believe him. Uh, However, 
Fans of Ben as Bruce Wayne have nothing to fear. An insider told Page Six that Casey was, in fact, speaking in jest and that Ben plans to remain in, in the role as long as the studio will have him. Internet reaction well, too much then? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But that means Christina Gilliam was correct when she, when she said that last week. She came actually on the air and said it was a joke. Do you think Ben gave him like a like a purple nurple or something or like or like a pink belly or who, like who Casey? Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's think, what older brothers do when yeah. younger brothers mess up. He might have hit him with his car. A wedge. Uh, Sam's Sam's right. He's screaming wedgie, wedgie. Nah, he hit him Which, with his car. <laughs> <laughs> He's out him with his car. <laughs> uh, in in bizarre but fascinating news, the Joker spinoff film in the works, produced by Martin Scorsese. And directed by Todd Spin-off Phillips of, what? Uh, of the Batman, uh, you know, of Batman, of the Batman universe. Oh, They're going to have it's, a. It's not. I thought it was a separate. It's a spinoff from. Well, it's a from the TV show, right? No. From Gotham. No, no, no. Let me read. Let me read. Here we go. Oh, a so spinoff it's, uh, film following the origin of the Joker in the Batman films in the is Batman. reportedly in the works. So we're actually talking about Heath from Ledger here. Let me do the show. Heath Ledger. The film, in which is in early stages by Warner Brothers in DC, will reportedly focus on an origin story that has never been touched. Uh, it is being produced by Martin Scorsese. It'll be done in in the vein of Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. You mean Jared Leto, though? Yeah, well, no, we don't know. There's no actor. But Todd Phillips, who directed The Hangover, is attached to direct. That's crazy. And he's writing it, too. That's, that's insaner. That's insaner than crazier. Holy crap! Yeah, well, we're gonna talk more about yeah, this next week. Yeah, we gotta get into that. We gotta bit. get more uh, detail on that. I think one, we definitely that will. Something we need to watch. So this is the one problem with having two guests. Uh, we're out of time. We're out of time. I want to thank Barry Josephson. I want to thank Thomas awesome. Ian Nicholas. Awesome. You can catch Thomas Ian Nicholas at Wizard World Chicago all weekend long. You, you can, can catch him because you're gonna be. Gone. You can catch me at Wizard World Chicago Thursday and Friday only. Uh, I'll be wandering the floor. I don't have a booth or a table. If you catch Dolce, do not try to ransom him because we don't have any money. <laughs> Nor do they want me back. Uh, I want to thank everyone who supported the Sire Kickstarter. Again, go to michaeldolce.com. We've got one week left. We just announced Hassan is going to be doing the cover, which we're going to reveal uh, later this week, either Thursday or Friday, yep. um, for the New York Comic Con exclusive. We've got a lot of great things going on. Next week, we have a super special guest in studio. My wife, it'll be our wedding anniversary. That Aww. is our wedding anniversary gift. Won't be awkward for me at all. But she <laughs> is a Game of Thrones expert, and we are going to be talking season yeah. finale, yeah. Game of Thrones. Should be big, no matter how it goes. We're it also welcome big. pizza tree creator Mark Poulton will be calling in as well, too. It's a great new book. It's a children's book. It fits with the Game of Thrones motif. We know how to schedule guests. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. See you guys next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? 
then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 